Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. That's ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Again, that's ebaymotors.com. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then... Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. It's The List and your boy. With uh, Jimmy Van And Sean Ross What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sapp. Welcome to Fightful. It's the list and your boy for July 12th, 2023. We are inching closer to that 100,000 subscriber benchmark. We have a new contest thanks to a local sponsor over on my Twitter, uh, as well as uh, Fightful's Twitter. So go check that out. Possibly win SummerSlam tickets in Detroit. But I mean, there's plenty of reasons to subscribe. Man, I stuttered over my words. Uh, one of those reasons you could argue is Jimmy Van, but he is here. You could argue, you Jimmy. You could argue. Doing well, man. Do you think everybody has found all of the Easter eggs in the new intro? I'm pretty sure. Think so? If okay. they slow it down, I don't think it's that hard. I hit up Sean and I asked him, "Did you see all the Easter eggs we put in the intro?" And you nailed them like nothing. So you must have you must have been in there quick. Looking at that stuff. Oh, I just, you told me there were Easter eggs. I looked, I found all of them. Oh, okay. I figured you did it even before I told you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. We've so had some everything. good intros. In, we've had some good intros in our day. I would say that the this one that, that had that graphic served us pretty well. Uh, we, we've had some decent ones in our day. And this time I was like, Jimmy, this one's on you. So you got a new one. Yep. Uh, credit Rob Bull for that one. And I was able to bring back Justin Roberts intro from Jesus seven years ago, yeah. whatever the hell that was. That's a timeless one. Like, we'll always have that one able to use. Yep. Yep. So, how are things going, man? How's your summer going? It's going good. Yeah. I'm liking it. I haven't been outside nearly as much as I had hoped. I've uh, been working a lot, but over the next month, I was very excited to not travel. And now I got to go to Atlanta next week. So, saw that. Saw, do people know this? They know I'm going to Atlanta. They don't know why I'm going to Atlanta. Okay, for. okay, okay, okay. All right. And they don't know why my hair is all messed up, man. Look at so, this. There you go. It's wear a hat. Go you're good. So Sean really yeah. loves the Braves, in case you're curious. He really I loves can't the Braves. Stand, can't stand the Braves. I watched them get blown during the All-Star game the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, the Atlanta Braves are so good. That's what it was, the whole show. Why? Mine went somewhere else when you said you watched them get blown the whole game. I don't know. Pretty much what they did. They blew the Braves the entire All-Star game. Oh, man, they're so good. (laughs) Oh, that's them Uh, all game long. I saw Vladdy got the home run derby. I saw that. Mm -hmm. That was good. That was good. If not a Reds player, I'm happy that it's uh, it's a Blue Blue Jays player. But... Guys, I'm happy to have you guys here. Send us Super Chats. Send us Humper Chats. 
this is largely a super chat and humper chat driven show. I think we can say that. So that uh, guides the direction of a lot of what we talk about and get your question or statement read here on the air. Uh, Annie says, does Cody's next in line comment hint that Brock wins at SummerSlam and he challenges Seth? This would suck. Cody needs a notch under his belt after losing to Reigns. To me, I think that Cody kind of set the stage perfectly after um, Money in the Bank and said, you know, that's a great championship. It would be a great honor to win that championship, but the WWE Championship is the one that I want. That's specifically it. That's what finishing the story is. So I don't think we see Cody get a title shot until he challenges for the WWE title. And if he does, it's something that will, will unravel and he won't win. I think him winning the WWE Championship is is that finality to the story, Jimmy. I agree with you. I, I think just given, you know how, not that I want to shit on this man, but we're going a little bit. I could see him doing Cody and Seth, but giving Seth his win back. And yeah. then maybe maybe they screw Cody to lead to another program for Cody. But uh, SummerSlam, Cody's winning. He's, he's, he's beaten Brock. That's going to be the end of the Brock program, I think. And then Brock will probably go away for a while like he likes to do. Do some hunting up in uh, – where does he live again? Saskatchewan. Do some hunting up there for the summer, yeah. So uh, he'll beat Brock at SummerSlam and then move on to something else. But I could definitely see them do him and, and Seth to get the win back for sure. Yeah, and I think that Seth beating Cody isn't the end of the world. I think it, it, at this point, let him get a win over Cody. Like, for example, if Brock wins and faces Rollins, okay, I see that. I could I could see that happening. But if Brock wins over or Brock loses to Cody and beats him up so bad that Cody has long-lasting ramifications that cost him the Seth Rollins match, I think that could work as well. I think that would be really, really good. Yeah, it's possible. I'm, I'm curious... When you look at Raw, uh, I'm curious where Cody goes next uh, because I don't think they're going to jump right into Rollins. So when you look at the players at the top of the Raw brand, I mean, you got Damian Priest, you got Finn Balor. He's already done a couple of things with Dominic Mysterio. You think he goes next yeah. maybe with Judgment Day after Brock? Because who else is there at the top of the card uh, on the Raw brand? I would actually, I'd be interested in that, but this is why I think they should have turned Drew McIntyre heel. I really think they should have done that. But laying the SmackDown says, will Sean buy an Ellie De La Cruz jersey? Uh, I don't buy jerseys of of other people. Like I'll buy blank ones or just custom ones or something. But I is love that, is that the Cruz. guy that ran all the bases that I saw getting all that attention? The other day he got, he slapped a an infield go ahead RBI single. Then he stole second base. Was in there by a mile. Uh, the next pitch, he stole third base, and nobody was even covering third. And then when they threw the ball back to the pitcher, he stole home, straight sealed home. On two pitches in one at bat, he is, the I think, the second player ever to do it in one at bat. He is incredible. The Reds went from having 100 losses last year to having six guys that on any given year, or probably seven guys, that would be in contention for Rookie of the Year. Oh, it is, He's a it rookie? Is oh, yeah. He's been playing a month. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Good for him. And they got seven guys that could, uh, in some other years, be up there for rookie of the year contention. And none of them might win because there's another rookie that's, that might be even better than them. It's, it's a very exciting time. I still want them to sell the team because they purposely made the team bad last year. And in baseball, there's no real benefit to tanking a season because you got to wait so long for players to develop anyway that a high draft position doesn't really benefit you that much. But Look at the Oakland A's. Have you seen the attendance at Oakland A's games? It's it's pathetic. It's, it's pathetic. Unbelievable. It's unbelievable. very bad. Yeah. Jeff Stone said, Sean, go into Raw next week. No, I'm flying in Tuesday. So I will be here on the Raw post show. KE775 says, do you think Dragunov and Braun Breaker are headed to the main roster post-SummerSlam? Any other potential call-ups? The Creed brothers are always one that I think of, but I think that's more of a storyline thing that we got going on now. Yes. And I know that NXT is something you wanted to talk about, but if they come up, I want Ivy Nile to come with them. She doesn't have much of a direction on NXT, and she is main roster ready. She's been main roster ready, and people like her an awful lot. Great aesthetic, too. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I agree with everything that you said. I think Braun Breaker's ready, uh, but I think that he's going to need something. You know how we've talked about – sometimes I like to talk about how NXT – it's like when Homer Simpson 
is a, a mascot and he's in Springfield and then he gets called up to the majors and he's great in the minors and he sucks in the majors. There's a difference between NXT success and WWE success and Braun Breaker, as he's currently presented, I don't think he's going to survive the, the waters of the promo. Mm-hmm. And so he needs something. And I, I saw somebody suggest you put Paul Heyman with him. I mean, that would be fantastic. Uh, but I don't know what yeah. that would do with the whole bloodline thing, but, uh, Braun Breaker's ready, but he needs something. Like, I think if you leave promos up to him, he's going to get killed. So he's he's going to need something. Yep, I, I completely agree with you. Deshire says, people might hate NXT, but I think it's be- WWE's best weekly show. Everything gets time and everything feels important. Braun and Elia was near five-star TV match. I don't hate NXT. I Personally, I haven't found it appointment viewing for a while because it exists on an island of its own, by and large. I have a bit of a problem with how much champions get beat from there on other shows like Carmelo getting beat all the time. I'm like, damn man, that's okay. I understand it's against a top guy. So at least there's that, but I generally like NXT. Uh, There are some hits and misses, but that's what NXT is there for. NXT is to find out what's going to hit and what's going to miss. And also I think that they are one of the best, territories brand whatever about booking women specifically they book their women so well and give them a whole lot of time and deshires even says give hbk the whole women's division i think there's a lot of things nxt does really really well jimmy yeah uh i mean tiffany is going to be a big star and uh and i I talked about this before i love that she had the wherewithal to say i don't want to get called up uh because i still have a lot to learn so i really like that carmelo hayes I hear what you're saying. So so if, if nobody saw NXT last night, it was Carmelo and Trick Williams against Judge Bidet, Finn Balor, Pin Carmelo for the second time. I think Carmelo's going to get his win back on Finn Balor on a bigger stage, whether that means SummerSlam uh, or whether that means back on Raw. But uh, I like that I, idea. I would love to see that at SummerSlam. Could happen. Yeah, it could and happen. He'll get his win back. Prominently feature him in a situation like that, and I'll be all right with that. Yeah, I think that's where they're headed with it because it makes no other sense. Why? It's one thing for him to lose to Balor on Raw because that's kind of Balor's playground, so to speak. It's another thing for Balor to go to NXT and beat Hayes there. So there's a reason. Uh, Hayes is going to get his win back on a big stage. And he says, could Wyatt or Orton return to feud with Cody? Uh, As FightfulSelect.com, best $5 in the business reported, Bray Wyatt is still awaiting clearance. He has not been cleared. Uh, As far as Randy Orton... I mean, I know there's a lot of people close to him that think that he shouldn't be back in the ring again after the stuff that he's went through. I mean, his dad even said as much, but I don't, I mean, if Randy Orton comes back, that is a Cody feud that should happen. That'd be great. Yeah. It's, that's a full circle moment. I think that would be great. I think that would be incredible. Something tells me they're not going to get DiBiase though. Yeah. Well, I mean, they tried to set up an interview with me and DiBiase recently. Oh, is that right? He's got a podcast. Yeah. Not senior. I'm talking about junior. Oh yeah, they ain't getting him. Yeah, yeah no. I, I don't know why I thought junior. Oh, for, yeah. I don't. I don't know why I thought senior. Yeah. Uh, but Desire says you, Tommy, was at uh, NXT last night. Anything to it? She's in the states right now. If she's there, there's always something to it. I would imagine that there was some sort of. I mean, at least a feeling out, a discussion, <laughs> something like that. Especially with the the level of prospect that she is, but. Jimmy, let's talk about this big story that I broke on FightfulSelect.com, best $5 in the business today and yesterday. WBD sources have confirmed to me that they are deep in talks with AEW for a renewal. I don't think this serves as a surprise to anybody. WBD loves AEW. They give them uh, Wednesdays, Fridays, Saturdays. You want a reality show? Here you go. Hey, let's, let's get... Cody Rhodes on on Go Big Show. Hey, let's give him a reality show too. Programming all over the place. They host their pay-per-views. They don't even like Ring of Honor. And they're still like, yeah, sure, bring the pay-per-views over here. Put them on Bleacher Report. We don't give a hoot. Like stuff like that before, before the Honor Club thing came up. However, Fightful Select reported that uh, WBD has a lot of input on AEW content. And one of the things they want, Jimmy are an expanded pay-per-view schedule, possibly monthly pay-per-views. Now, I don't know if this includes AEW plus ROH, AEW with special events, etc. We had also reported on FightfulSelect.com, best $5 in the business, that all in and where it will be broadcast and how it will be broadcast is a result of these 
talks. So for everybody saying, well, I want to know how I'm going to watch it. I want to know how I'm going to watch it. That's been a part of these talks right now. And they're hoping to have something announced this summer. We'll fall at the latest. Well, they, they've got it for all in because they've got to determine TBS, TNT, Max, pay-per-view, any number of those things. What do you think about pay-per-views monthly for AEW? I think it depends on where they distribute it. So, so when you look at what UFC did and what WWE did, uh, they got everything all bundled in. And, and so WWE gets flat money. Doesn't matter how many people watch on Peacock. UFC gets flat money. Doesn't matter how many people order the pay-per-views on ESPN+. Plus. I think if they do it like that, then that could be beneficial to AEW. Um, I, I'm not convinced that AEW's fan base, and look, they've proven that they are willing to spend money, and that's going to be part of what we talk about with, with the business aspect of things. Yeah. The, the wrestling fan base today has proven, even though there's less eyeballs than in the past, they're more willing to spend money than in the past. But at the same time, when you're going from quarterly pay-per-views to monthly pay-per-views, expecting people to pay 50 bucks or whatever the, the average price is, I think that's going to be a challenge. Uh, so I think it's going to be dependent on the distribution, but it makes sense from an AEW perspective that that's what they would do. And if you're Warner brothers discovery, I mean, they probably want the exclusivity aspect of it. Uh, and so, yeah, it's going to depend on where they distribute, but it makes sense to me that that's what they're talking about because that's where everybody else has already gone. The exclusivity aspect was something that we had reported about originally a couple months ago. That's why dark doesn't exist. That's why dark elevation doesn't exist. Who's to say that maybe those shows don't. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you had an extra hour in your day, what is the first thing that you would do? Read a book, take a nap, play some video games, do something for a friend, volunteer. A lot of us spend our lives wishing that we had more time. But the question is, time for what? And if it was unlimited, how would you go about using it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important for you and to make it a priority. And therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Therapy is so valuable. It's gotten me through some tough times, really helped me reflect on things that are important, specifically with BetterHelp. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be the convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. This is so beneficial when you've got that crammed schedule and you can't even imagine finding that extra hour. You can do it all from home. Fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com Fightful today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash fightful it's so flexible and it can help you find that social sweet spot with better help that's betterhelp.com slash fightful bet mgm has an unreal deal for sports fans in virginia turn five dollars into 150 dollars instantly when you place your first wager at bet mgm simply download the bet mgm app and sign up using code champion 150 then Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Come back if Max gets pay-per-views, next day streaming. Like There are so many aspects of AEW that are not hugely monetized that's something you and i discuss jimmy all the time like how can we better monetize this section this section this section of fightful i'll give you guys a little backstage news here a couple of years ago we had never been able to effectively monetize our audio we got an offer from a platform that's like we'll do it for you you no longer have to pay we're recruiting you etc that helped us out significantly we're looking at that on the web end now if you're aew you look at what have we not monetized yet 
they haven't monetized next day rights yet. So like Hulu broadcast WWE, they haven't monetized their library yet, Jimmy. Mm -hmm. And they have shown that they are willing to do shows like dark and elevation, even with ROH. And if they want, maybe they can say, Hey, we'll just throw that in added value, et cetera, et cetera. The situation that AEW in AEW is in is such a different situation than WWE. The cons are already filthy rich. They deem what they consider a success, Jimmy. And you can say very much the same thing about Fightful. Like you look at that and you're like, this is what I feel comfortable taking based on my previous investments and how much I've got, et cetera. WWE answers to their investors. Like they need to maximize that. If Tony Khan and Shad Khan say, we want to profit $1 million next year, anything past that, we're good. Well, that's their decision to do that. They can make that call. WWE, if they did that, there would be a lot of unrest there. There'd be a lot of frustration there. So what that does is it changes how they are going to invest their money in AEW. They might come along and say, we're going to offer the most ignorant contracts possible <laughs> to, to get as many eyes on this as, as possible. Like It's so fascinating, and who knows? Maybe they will want to maximize revenue for themselves. Maybe we will see something that is completely off the wall. It is a completely different situation than we have seen in wrestling at this stage in quite some time. And I'm really fascinated to see how it works because in addition to the next day rights, Jimmy, the whole library is there. We're talking about a, a, almost a five-year library, plus they could roll in ROH and stuff like that. I know that WBD has long not liked ROH, Jimmy, and I've been told that goes back to the Sinclair stuff. But to me... That's real New Japan be still being mad at Jeff Jarrett energy type of thing <laughs> and, and holding it against TNA or Impact or whatever. I'm fascinated by this aspect. Like people, I've had people asking me to interview Tony Khan, and I'm like, man, I kind of want to interview him after the TV deal so I can find out more and more about what he tried to roll into a deal, what wasn't brought up in a deal. There's so many fascinating aspects of this from a business perspective. Uh, and uh, next year is going to be a, an enormous year in pro wrestling. Yeah, it's already, I mean, things are already uh, pretty strong right now. But I, again, I think if you're Tony Khan, it almost reminds me of a sold show in terms of yes. independent wrestling versus a ticketed show. So if, if nobody's familiar, a sold show means that somebody pays you up front, like the venue pays you up front. And then it doesn't matter to you if you sell one ticket or if you sell 10,000 tickets, yep. you know what your money's going to be. It's the same thing. I think that Tony Khan would much rather just know I'm going to get X dollars per year. Doesn't matter how many pay-per-views we sell. Doesn't matter anything. Doesn't matter how many. My contract is a sold show, Jimmy. Your contract is a sold show. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I think that's... if you subscribe to Fightful Select. Yeah. Ah! Yeah. Yeah. It worked out good for me. So, uh, but I, I think that's probably ultimately what Tony wants. And, uh, I think that's probably what he's going to get. And so yeah. we'll see, we'll see what happens, but I, it, it will not surprise me if they do go to monthly pay-per-view because Warner brothers puts it on HBO. What do they call it now? Max? Yes. It wouldn't surprise me if that's what they end up doing with it. And so uh, they use it in order to, uh, try to increase subscribership there. By the way, if you send a super chat and it doesn't let you send a message, it means you got to send more to be able to put the, the, message on there matt says is AEW allowed to talk to other suitors i don't know what their exclusivity well no they're as of right now they're not because they are still under a deal with warner brothers discovery for like a year i think that's okay they're, no that's okay yeah. like like wwe still under a deal and and they had negotiation uh rights that's to talk true. to somebody that's else the, you're right depends it, on the it, contracts it, yeah it depends on the contracts that they have so uh i i don't have a good answer to that Sean, do you think any other wrestlers should move to Collision? I'd like to see Mark Briscoe in the kingdom there. I would love to see them both there. I think that Mark Briscoe is a television star waiting to break out on AEW TV. Like, I really want to see him be revealed as, like, a genius, Jimmy. <laughs> like, like a, a redneck uh. genius. I think that would work really, really well. Nelson Muntz says, oh, uh, but other people I would like to see move to Collision. I would love to see Thunder Rosa actually pop up there uh, i know that she's working towards getting back on tv they kind of brought her in and to be like hey look who we got right here here she is um there uh, i don't think we're ever going to see the joshi talent over there by and large because of the connection to kenny omega 
but I would like to see like more of Nyla over there. I would like to see her be able to showcase her personality. Uh, we have a super chat or a humper chat, humperchats.com from Nelson saying Max just surpassed Disney plus as the third biggest streaming service in the U S behind Amazon and Netflix. Do you think this is why WBD wants more pay-per-views from AEW? So they have live content every month. So first off, that surprises me because Disney Plus has the Hulu and ESPN options rolled in. So that's a great deal. I have spoken to WBD sources for a long time. And it's so funny because I can tell that they're bound to buy NDAs. But I'll get messages or I'll talk to them and they'll say stuff like this. They will pose hypothetical questions to me. They'll be like, hypothetically speaking, wouldn't it be a brilliant idea to bring wrestling fans over to Max by featuring a wrestling library and pay-per-views. And I said, yeah, absolutely. I've I've been pretty frank about this. 15 years ago, I didn't watch a lot of like TV. I watched wrestling and sports. That was it. WBD being like, hey, wrestling fans, in fact, several hundred thousand of you, why don't you come on over here? Oh, by the way, we got Euphoria and Succession and Peacemaker. You know that John Cena fella? He's got a show over here. By the way, we've got a whole bunch of movies for you. It is an audience that might not ever check out your show or check out your service, and you are bringing them over possibly in droves at the price point that you already have, Jimmy. I think it would be a brilliant idea for them to do that. It's worked out phenomenally for Peacock. Yeah, I mean, Peacock's still in the in the red, and uh, I'm going to talk about still the streamers. Helps, I'll talk about the streamers in a bit, but the game with the streaming systems over the last couple of years has been get subscribers, get subscribers, get subscribers, because they're yeah. battling each other. And so the objective has been we're going to worry about profitability later. Right now, we just want to fight for subscribers, uh, and then you know we'll we'll worry about the monetization aspect later. That's exactly what Comcast did with Peacock and WWE. I'm sure that's what Warner Brothers wants to do. Um, and I'll go into, into this a little bit more in a, in a few minutes. But Warner Brothers is, according to a, a report from the Wall Street Journal, they are in the black uh, mm-hmm. with their streaming stuff. Now, their streaming stuff, I don't know if it's only Max uh, that they're referring to because the report just said Warner Brothers Discovery. And so I'm not sure what all that entails because I'm Canadian and I don't really pay attention to Warner Bros. Discovery. But uh, but that's what it said is that they are actually in the black. And so, yeah, if they can add, like you said, potentially 100,000 plus new subscribers that want AEW content, why wouldn't you do it? And it would and be part of it'd be, it'd be part of an all-encompassing deal that, that covers uh, television and everything else. I'm sure that's where they're headed. Chi-Town Spurs says, seems like there's a lot more Warner Brothers involvement in AEW programming. Is that concerning to you both in any way? Sometimes, but also it has benefited AEW. Like, for example, in the last few weeks, they've been able to call and get overruns, and WBD is like, yeah, no problem. That's helpful, because a lot of places don't. WWE hasn't gotten an overrun for Raw in a long time. I don't know why. That's very strange to me, because NXT gets them all the time. But... it. Sometimes it can be very beneficial when it comes to them, like putting their foot down about the Briscoes. Yeah, that concerned me because that was when you got Mike Tyson showing up on the show, but your your issues are with the Briscoes. That's when I'm like, OK, maybe do your research. I mean, I, th- I think the one thing you have to remember, too, is this is not a AOL Time Warner WCW situation. It's not apples to apples because Warner Brothers Discovery does not own AEW. And so with Time Warner and uh, WCW, they had to deal with standards and practices, which was a division of the company that actually, I think, were reviewing television scripts. Yeah. AEW doesn't have to worry about that because they're, they license the content, but they don't own it. And so to mm-hmm. me, it's very much like WWE. I mean, wasn't it uh, USA Network that wanted the 24-7 title? Right? They pushed for it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't so, think they wanted it to be like how, how it ended up. No, but. I'm sure they didn't. But but the network is always going to have some kind of say, and it's in AEW's best interest to accommodate them because that's their primary revenue driver. And so they're going to do it. I'm sure that Tony Khan, I'm sure there's been lots of meetings behind the scenes where he pushes back on certain things because when you're dealing a business at all, and this is even with you and me, Sean, anybody in business, sometimes you want to see how far you can get and so you'll push as far as you can until you get pushback. And I'm sure that the Warner Brothers executives do the same thing. But uh, I don't think they're going to have to worry about a standards and practices type of situation. Uh, we've got uh, 
ke775 says sean you've mentioned a couple of times you think disney will end up taking over some wwe rights in the next deal is this based on something you've heard just based on murmurs of, of like people saying oh who could be interested disney and to me if they were interested in the rights i don't know why they wouldn't have just bought the whole thing and i know that a lot of people are like Oh, yeah, but they're losing all this money. Disney would have to be morons to lose money on WWE. And they're not morons. Like, there is I, there is nobody that I felt more confident in monetizing WWE than Disney, period. I think Disney would have taken them to a next level. However, I don't think Disney would have been okay with Vince staying aboard. And that's why I think that Vince reached the deal that he did. He got the deal that allowed him to stay around and do the same bullshit that he never wanted to stop doing in the first place. And now Disney might just be like, all right, we'll get SmackDown. I think Disney, I wish Disney would have bought WWE. I think it would have been a lot better hands. I think that they would have, the, the broadcasts would have been probably a lot smoother. I think a lot of the, the terrible tropes they would have looked at and been like, why y'all do this? What's, <laughs> what's going on here? I think it would have been a lot better off. Uh, what are your thoughts on any of that? Uh, everything that you just said, I, I don't think that, I don't even know if Disney ever got past the NDA stage with, with the WWE acquisition. And what that means is when, when somebody is interested, they sign a non-disclosure agreement, then they kind of get to look under the hood. And if they decide they want to go forward, then they go forward. Uh, I don't know if Disney was ever even at the table. If they were, it wouldn't surprise me if they signed an NDA and then they found out, oh, by the way, Vincent Mann, you know, kind of wants to maintain creative input. And then they're probably out the door. So it probably never got far into the process. And I absolutely think that they took the Endeavor deal because number one, they're going to let Vince stay in control. Number two, Vince knew Ari Emanuel. And number three, Ari Emanuel played him like a fiddle and uh, told him exactly what he wanted to hear. That's what happened. Crazy says with Twisted Metal being a Peacock original show, if they asked WWE to promote it, would they say AEW star Samoa Joe or just Samoa (laughs) Joe? I don't think they would mention Samoa Joe, but um, they'll there's a chance they promote it for sure. For sure. I mean, if they're going to pay them, it's like anything else, right? Tom tops rubbish says, thanks for being nice people. Thank you to Sean for being so nice to my friend, Don from WrestleSphere during money in the bank, Jimmy, there was a person on a quizzle mania comment that lied and <laughs> said that, uh, his friend met me and that I looked at her like she spit in my face. And I was like, what? Uh, I've met hundreds of people that have like been fans of Fightful, et cetera, readers of Fightful, and never had a negative experience. It is so weird to me when people uh, make stuff up like that because there are a hundred of these. I met so many good people over there. Uh, Dom was wonderful, but yeah, people people like to fantasy book meetings at wrestling shows is very weird. I don't understand the way that people spend their time. It's like the people on social media that make up, they conjure up fake wrestling news stories, and then they attribute it to Fightful, I guess in an effort to try to disparage us or to try to hurt our credibility. Then they get mad when I get their accounts nuked. Sorry, I got no sympathy for you if you're posting fake stuff and using our name. Use somebody else's name that doesn't care about that. I care about that because I don't... Any person that that reaches is a possible person that would look at Fightful Select and say, never subscribing, completely fake. I can't imagine having that much free time. Like having so much free time that I can sit there and conjure up fake news stories on Twitter. It's unbelievable. Rock hard Joel Wood says, if Disney gets WDB, where do you put SmackDown, ABC or ESPN? I fear them being on ESPN. Either one. Um, ABC is ideal, but ESPN... Uh, I, I mean, I could see them airing it the next day on ESPN as well, like in the afternoon or, or like other times. You're going to get a lot of replay value if you get it on Disney. Where, where do you think, Jimmy? So I understand when he says I fear ESPN because they'd be preempted a lot for other sports. That's if, true. If, if you're WWE, you're you're if, if they're going to be the highest bidder, then if you're WWE, you're probably just going to do whatever they want to do. But if you're thinking, if you're thinking the longevity, because uh, I, I want to get talking about the business aspect here and, and about longevity, ABC would be the way to go. Uh, where does football air on Mondays? Because I'm not a big football guy. What, what ESPN now. On? ESPN now. Everything yeah. on Monday night is on ESPN. Yeah. Okay. Well, then they want to. They do a simulcast on ESPN too, as well with the Manning brothers. 
Okay. Okay. Well then in, in that case, you'd probably want to go the ABC route then because you know, the money obviously is important, but if you get preempted too much and if your numbers are dropping as a result, then that, that's going to impact your next deal if, you, if you're looking far enough ahead. So, uh, yeah, the preemptions are are an understandable concern. Brent says, "Do you think having a monthly pay per view would help AEW focus their storytelling? Sometimes they stretch things out for months where they don't really need to." We would have had a Swerve Keith Lee match by now, which FightfulSelect.com reported uh, they are uh, in talks to do, but. Um, or, or they do have planned rather, but yeah, I think a lot of these things wouldn't necessarily get stretched out that didn't need to be. And some things that are abruptly put out there would, would get the right time to build. Uh, I think that it gives them more time to, to highlight big things. It might hurt the television aspect of things a little bit though. Jimmy, what do you think? I mean, back in the day, me being an old school guy, all WWE had was quarterly pay-per-views and it yeah. didn't seem, didn't seem to hurt things from a storyline perspective. So I don't think it really makes a difference, especially when you got weekly television. I don't think it makes a difference whether the pay-per-views are quarterly or monthly in terms of storytelling. They should still be able to do storytelling, even if they've only got pay-per-views quarterly. You can still do the you can still do the payoff on TV, right? I mean, it shouldn't make a difference. Oh boy, Kieran George says off topic, Jones versus Stipe is official. Who do you guys got? Listen. It's gonna be a murder scene. It's going to be Jones absolutely mauling Stipe. Like, listen, yeah. I love Stipe, Jimmy. He's he's a great dude. Yep. It's been, th- it, it'll have been over three years since he won. Yeah. Two and a half years since he fought. And I got people justifying it. Well, he's a heavyweight goat. Yeah, he is. Then do the fight a year ago. Yeah. Or, or before that. Like, <clears throat> I got no desire. He's going to be 41. 41, man. Yeah, I had I had a lot of interest in seeing Nganu and Jones, and I got a whole lot of interest in seeing the freak show fight that is Nganu and Tyson Fury. That much I tell you. Listen, I'm I'm glad that Stipe is getting his 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 curtain call fight, etc., yeah. his payday and all that stuff. But Sergey Pavlovich should be be fighting here. He's he's won six straight fights, all in the first round, all by TKO. For performance of the nights, like this guy ain't lost since December 2018, and he's facing a guy that hasn't won, or instead, a guy that hasn't won since 2020. All that stuff's in the past. Okay, greatest heavyweight champion of all time. Yeah, that's why he got the immediate rematch against Daniel Cormier, and then he lost it again. So move on. I I understand. Biggest fight, whatever. It's yeah. gonna sell. It's so funny, Jimmy, because there's merit and there's what sells the most. Yep. And based on what the UFC had, he wasn't, he didn't have the most merit. Pavlovich has the most merit or Nganu has the most merit. And based on what the UFC had, he wasn't going to sell the most. Nganu would sell the most and they let Nganu go Mm -hmm. and they settled right in the middle. And that's what frustrated me about this. Yeah. I mean, the UFC has always been about, the entertainment aspect more so than the rankings. That's why uh, uh, wasn't a Chael Sonnen who I think he got a title fight with Anderson Silva. And then he immediately got a title fight with John Jones, a weight class up, yep. I believe that that's just what happens. It's, it's always about the entertainment aspect. Stephen Miocic is getting the title shot three years after having last fought because he's the former champion. And they think it's a bigger marquee. John Jones is going to crush him. And, and, you know, Francis Naganu is kind of the same thing. I'm really happy for him that he's getting a big payday. Tyson Fury is going to destroy Francis Naganu in a boxing rules match. He's going to dominate and annihilate Francis Naganu, but he's going to get his payday. So I want Naganu to throw everything at the wall for three rounds, three, boxing uh, one rounds. and a half, one and a half. And he's going to be gassed one and a half. I, I think, I think Naganu would have a good three in boxing shorter rounds. Uh, yeah, well, maybe you're just, right there. Short around, just They're striking. Short. You don't have to worry about being taken down. So I think three or four, but I want him to throw everything at the wall. What I respect about Francis and Ganu is that when he lost after knocking everybody out for a long time, he completely changed his game. He went, he lost to Stipe Miocic, Miocic out cardioed him. And then he's like, you know what? 
I got to work on my cardio. I got to work on my cardio so much. And he came back six months later. He had worked on his cardio. And what happened? He went all five rounds with Derek Lewis and lost. And then after that, he said, no, what I think I'm going to do is just throw my fist at people's face again and, <laughs> and uh, rely on that to knock people out. And then he knocked four people out in like a minute again. He knocked out Stipe Miocic. Um, of course, he'll against Cyril Gaon, he... He was like, you know, I, I can out grapple this guy. I can out cardio this guy. And he did that. But I, I respected his adjustment. I has really like that. Has his chin ever been tested in a fight in Nagano? That you know of? I that mean, you can remember? To me, when people say, has his chin ever been tested? Well, yeah, he faced he faced Gone for five rounds. He faced Miocic. He faced uh, Junior Dos Santos. He faced a lot of people that had the, the possibility of knocking him out. Derek Lewis. It just didn't happen. Okay, because Fury... Fury's going to test that chin. Sure, but I so, think that I think that I think Fury's going to try to probably play around with him a little. I agree. Bit, I think he will. I think I think it'll be uh, Mayweather McGregor, just like that. He's got to make sure that he gets his rest, Jimmy. That's for sure. He's got to make sure. You could go in so he, many directions with this one, so I'm curious where we're going here. Helixsleep.com slash fightful. I often say this. Uh, there is a sponsor that I use the most when I'm awake and the most in general. The one I use most in general is helixsleep.com slash Fightful. And I used Helix Sleep before there was a helixsleep.com slash Fightful. During the pandemic, I was tired of waking up throughout the night, waking up hurting, all that stuff on that slab of memory foam that I got on Amazon. So what I did, I looked around at the highest rated mattresses, the ones that were best received. And I found GQ, Good Housekeeping, Wired, all these publications recommending helixsleep.com. Now it's helixsleep.com slash Fightful because you can get 25% off any mattress using the code Fightful plus two free dream pillows. And what I love most, you don't have to go to a, to a store. You don't have to roll around on some bed that anybody else has been on. You take their <laughs> sleep quiz. They match you up with the, the the Helix mattress that's right for you. I got the Dust Lux model. I went from just being able to sleep on my back to also being able to sleep on my side. What that means is I sleep a lot longer. I get to sleep faster. I stay asleep better. They have ones that will align your spine, ones for plus light size sleepers, ones that are also uh, good at cooling you down. They've got a mattress for everybody. If you like more of a firm mattress, they got that. If you like a softer one, they got that as well. Not only that, one of the things that drew me to helixsleep.com slash Fightful was 30,000 plus five-star reviews, a 10 to 15-year warranty. And let me tell you, I wasn't making as much as I'm making now. So that financing was very, very beneficial. It's still available as low as 0%. Free U.S. shipping, a 100-night sleep trial. So I knew that when I got that mattress and I didn't like it, if I didn't like it, they would come and pick it up. I've had it ever since. I've had it for three years. I've bought another one for my guest room. I've even went to all form and started to buy their modular furniture too. It's a great company. Helixsleep.com slash Fightful. Invest in your sleep, my friends. I know you're like, ah, I'm asleep. What does it matter? Oh, it matters an awful lot. When I was in London, I was missing my Helix Sleep mattress more than anything. So badly needed that in my life. Uh, very happy to be back. Do we not have an overlay for Helix Sleep? Do we not get an overlay made? We do, but somebody deleted it from our, uh, our this, this profile. So, uh huh, uh huh. Joel Pearl. Masters, yeah, probably. Just Masters <laughs> Wrestling says Jay versus Roman. Who's winning? Oh, Roman, without a it's, doubt. It, it's there's not even a question. It's not even yeah. a question. Roman's winning far and away. Get in your super chats. Get in your humper chats. Paul Anthony Moss is thinking outside the box for collision. Anything you do differently or add to the TV broadcast, make it stand out even more than dynamite. I like that they have the different color ring ropes. I like that they have the different kind of intro, a different kind of music, a different kind of entertainment approach to it, Jimmy. Different ring announcers, different general announcers. I, I like what they're doing right now. I think that it should look like a completely different broadcast. Because they have, I don't think they fooled. They just wanted to do it. And a lot of people, a lot of the AEW detractors watch Collision and think or act like it's a completely different team putting that together, Jimmy. What? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They think it's a completely oh, yeah. different team? They sure Collision do. I see, I see the tweets. I see the quotes all the time. 
Really? I mean, I've, I've noticed that the, the ring style has been different. They're, yeah. they're, they're kind of going with, uh, with a, a different type of style. I mean, to answer that person's question, if I could change anything about Collision, it'd be the time slot or the day. But yeah. What can you do? Can I you would do? love it on Thursday. Would love it on Thursday. But... Yeah, what can you do? Saturday's tough. It's a tough slot, tough yeah. time. We got James Soling says, it's Nick Wayne Day, LFG. Hope Jimmy and Sean are doing well. I'm doing fantastic, my friend. Uh, I appreciate you. And uh, we're doing good because people like you are here to talk to us. That's and we're not in order. Saskatoon. And we're not in Saskatoon. I am very glad to not be in Saskatoon after uh, the travel woes that I've I heard, heard about there. I heard, yeah. You got to fly to somewhere else yep. to be there. Didn't Bret Hart win his first title in Saskatoon? Yes, he did. He beat Ric Flair in 92, I think it was. I yeah. So. yeah. I remember learning that on an episode of Action Zone in 1996 when they would do trivia. Uh-huh. And uh, they said Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, and I've never forgot it. I thought somebody <laughs> had sneezed. I was kind of surprised that they were doing dynamite there. To be honest, I was kind of surprised. Yeah, but uh, hey, whatever. You know, they're 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 hitting Good the country. Rowe says, as BT Sport is becoming TNT Sport in the UK next week, as a part of Warner Brothers buyover, do you think this will affect WWE TV when the deal is up? International is completely different. International really has very little bearing uh, on that as, as best I know, Jimmy. So the one thing I do know is that WWE's television rights are coming up. They are. Uh, I, now, I was told straight up that they did their big show in money in the bank and prime time live there for a reason to show people what they can get. Right. Right. So uh, I, I think it's going to be moot as far as whether or not that takeover affects the rights. Cause the rights are coming up anyway, and they're going to go to the highest bidder. So that's just how it's going to be. Yeah. Yeah. What else you got on your list, Jimmy? All right. I want to talk about the state of the wrestling business and uh, to quote Sean Ross Sapp, uh, there's a lot to unpack here. Like you like to say. So WWE is on fire. Still SmackDown last Friday did uh, over two and a half million viewers. They did a 0.76 rating in the key demo, which is really big. According to Michael Mulvihill, who's a TV analyst, he said that SmackDown was recategorized as an entertainment program which started last week. And last week, they were the number one entertainment show on all of broadcast television in the key demo, which they've just never done before. According to Brandon Thurston, the second quarter hour of the show, which was the middle of the Bloodline story, did more than 3 million viewers and a 0.94 key demo rating, which is freaking huge. I've been hearing that the merchandise sales are as high as they've ever been. And that's saying Very something, given, given the Attitude Era, that's saying something. The stock reached a new high of 112 bucks a share, which is a market cap of like $8.5 billion. I thought that the business had peaked during the Attitude Era. And in terms of television eyeballs, it probably has because people consume content differently now. But like I said earlier, people have proven that they are willing to pay money now more so than I think they did 20, 25 years ago. And so WWE is crushing it. What are your thoughts on the state of WWE business? And do you think that we're in a new boom period right now? I do. And I mean, they're... <laughs> No matter how good business is, people will look at viewership and be like, yeah, well, it was three times higher in 1999. <laughs> yeah. And there were 50 channels. And uh, <laughs> and there was no internet. That's where we saw boobs at was on the TV. Yeah, okay. Well, times are different. Times are a little bit different. Um, you went from Barney Gumble to Cletus in a span of like five seconds. I get so sick of the bullshit, Jimmy. I get so <laughs> sick of it. People are like, <laughs> it's just so dumb. Uh, yeah, I mean, and, and you know, inflation is a part of a lot of the the expanded gate records and stuff like that. Sure, but they're paying. They are showing up. Yeah, that's right. So for people saying, "Oh well, it's because of inflation that WWE is breaking these records." Okay, well, how does that explain all the, the thousands more asses that are in seats right now? Every show. How how yep. does that explain the thousands and thousands more people that are watching the show on Peacock? How does that explain the hundreds of thousands more that watched SmackDown this past week compared to the last three and a half years since the pandemic started with the exception of one show that had an NFL lead in or an NFL follow-up? By the way, there was a carriage issue last week too and SmackDown didn't air in several markets because the next star um, 
DirecTV dispute. So they were worried that that number might even be a little lower. Their numbers are killing it. AEW is doing fine. Yep. They they got 75,000 asses in seats. They're about to get a new TV deal. WWE is about to get two, probably two new TV deals, maybe three with Peacock if they uh, renegotiate that as well. It's going really, really good. Uh, wrestling is hot to be at live again. I hope it carries over to a lot of other companies too. Because Jimmy, for a while, 2014, it was looking like, oh shit, wrestling's like starting to get a little bit of a higher profile, more celebrities getting involved. Like, wow, ROH got a cable TV deal. Lucha Underground's on cable TV. That's cool. Then they pushed it a little bit too far. Then Jeff Jarrett rolls in like, I got Global Force. Let's go. And then Spike kicked uh, TNA to the curb. And mm-hmm. I'm always a little wary of this. But right now, the two top dogs in the U.S. are AWWE. And things are going real well for them right now. I hope it carries over to the New Japans, the impacts of the world as well. Yeah, yeah. Business definitely looks like it's on a high end. And, you know, going to AEW... So you you already mentioned, according to Tony Khan, All In has sold about 70,000 tickets. I think they got about 75,000 distributed. But he says they've sold about 70,000 for a gate of about 9 million. So like I talked about before, All In might become the largest gate for a wrestling show in the history of the UK by the time it's done, uh, which is why John Cena was brought out to Money in the Bank to do that, that promo. But that might happen. A Dynamite. And this kind of tells you the state of cable television because I'm, I'm going to kind of leer into move into cable television in a minute. Dynamite last Wednesday was number one on cable television. And that was despite doing 855,000 viewers. So less than half of what Raw did. And they had a key demo rating of 0.29, which was almost half of what Raw did. And yet they were number one. So it shows you kind of the state of, uh, of cable television. Collision for me is still kind of a work in progress. They did better with the the Punk versus Samoa Joe match. They they finished number five for the night. Wasn't it you on Select that said that that Warner Brothers uh, Discovery's target is top five for the night? Yeah, that's that's what I had heard internally, that they look at at top five as uh, something that they consider success. And obviously that's going to adjust during football season. There's a chance they fall out of that during football season. Right, right. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm curious if last Saturday might have been their kind of benchmark because it was Punk's first singles match since he came back. And it was a pretty high-profile match, I would say, with Samoa Joe. And so 580,000 viewers, a 0.21 rating in the key demo. Maybe that's going to be you know, where they're going to be at every week. And if yeah. uh, Warner Brothers is cool with that, then that's cool. But there has been a gap, though, even though AEW is doing well, WWE is doing well. The gap has widened between the two companies versus a couple of years ago. Do you attribute that to the bloodline? Like, do you think the bloodline has really yeah. been what's kickstarted all of this? Yeah, it's a monster angle. Uh, I know all members of the blood. Well, Usos and Roman have done very well business wise from from a drawing aspect to a merch aspect. A lot of that. The, the bloodline angle is a monster hit. That's it. That's why it goes on last. That's why it gets 20 extra minutes. 20 extra minutes. That's why they can do whatever it is they want. That's why they can take an extra 20 minutes and not get in any trouble for it because they are the draws. They are what, by and large, people are tuning in to see right now. So they have that benefit to where they can ask for forgiveness, not for permission type of thing. And you adjust the whole show. Will it get them a little heat here and there? Sure. But right now, that's a hit, and you roll with what's a hit. Listen, if you can roll your number one starter out there every five days, you're not going to wait and put in some rookie that sucks. No, you're going to go with what's hot. You're going to go with the winner. You're going to go with your best hand, your best opportunity to lead you to success, and they're, they've done that. Yeah, and it kind of it kind of goes to show again how character development and storylines are, you know, that's key in, in success yeah. of pro wrestling. Okay, so here's where I'm going to be a realist in terms of foreshadowing, and I can't wait to get your opinion on this. So we know that cable television is a dying medium, right? We've known this for a while. A website called ARS Technica, they said that cable currently has the fewest subscribers since 1992. And according to Dave Meltzer, uh, cable is down 20% year over year in the key demo, which is the 18 to 49 demo. Showbuzz Daily, which you and I are very familiar with for ratings information, they're shutting down. And they said that the reason they're shutting down is that the balance of home viewing has swung towards streaming and the proprietors of those companies are opaque with their information. We've also seen layoffs in the world of cable 
Most recently, Warner Brothers Discovery, Paramount, ESPN, Bell in Canada, they all had layoffs. And then I mentioned this earlier, uh, Wall Street Journal put out a profitability report from the major streamers, including Disney, Comcast, which owns Peacock, Paramount, Warner Brothers Discovery, and Netflix. Netflix is profitable. Warner Brothers Discovery was barely in the black for 2023, it looks like. But the rest are all deep into the red. Like, they're all struggling to make money. So I'm curious, where are we going to be at in 10 years? Because 10 years from now, the cable numbers are going to be even lower than they are now. And streaming companies have kind of struggled to make money, but they, they still need to get live content in order to try to keep subscribers up. So where do you think we're at in 10 years? Do you think in 10 years there's going to be somebody out there offering WWE a billion plus a year when things are even more saturated in terms of the different ways that you can uh, uh, access content compared to where it's at now? So I want to roll this into a couple super chats and Humber chats that we have. Don C says, how does recording and streaming affect show ratings? Advertisers do not give a damn about recording. It's good to have for your internal numbers, but it's important in networks that they they have the, the appropriate numbers for their ad sales. Streaming, it depends on what ads are on there, but those are added in. Uh, th those are added in as well, like Sling, Hulu, all that stuff. Let me jump in for just quickly, Sean. Go ahead. Just to add to what you said. So the reason that live sports have been getting these massive increases in their rights, right? Football and golf and wrestling. The reason they've been getting these massive increases is because live sport is considered DVR proof. That's what the term they use, DVR proof. And that's what advertisers like. And so you're exactly right. Maybe the, when you add the DVR numbers, it adds an extra 100,000 to Dynamite's numbers. But the advertisers don't give a shit about those DVR numbers. Maybe Warner right. Brothers Discovery does, but the advertisers don't really give a shit. Uh, that's why live sport is so uh, attractive to them. And Nelson says, no way Disney's going to get WWE. There are talks within Disney that they might be forced to sell ESPN to cut costs because it's doing catastrophically bad with their biggest IPs this year at the box office. Only Guardians 3 has made them money this year. So, as Showbuzz has said, there's a lot of opaque behavior and activity in streaming, but in Hollywood in general, I can't tell, for example, Tom Cruise and a lot of the people at Top Gun think that they're getting cut out of millions in streaming profits. There have been a bunch of writers, producers, or a writer specifically that have said lately, like, hey, you know that movie that made like four times its budget? On our residual statement, it claims that it's losing money type of thing. Like, we see that a lot. So I don't take any of this talk for what it's worth. There is a reason that a lot of these companies buy these properties and do that. And I don't know how they're screwing people out of money. Somebody gets screwed in the end. That's just almost always how it works. But there's there's a lot of vagueness to that type of situation that I'm not comfortable just saying, oh, yes, they will. No, they won't. If Disney bought WWE, I mean this, for $9 billion, they would have made their money back in 10 years. Between the TV rights, the replay rights, the pay-per-view, the attractions that they would have developed for the IP, crossover IP, that they would have had, there is no way they would not have made their money back. They would have had to have been fools with the Disney power behind it to screw up something like WWE. The bloodline would have been an attraction at a damn theme park. somewhere. <laughs> like, yeah. It, have you been to Disney before, Sean? I've not. You want to send so, me there? So, uh, it's, trust me. It's not all, it's not, it's not what you think it is, but I, I was, I was there a few months ago with my kids uh, for Jesus. The second time now, where they have their merchandise, right, at, at Disney. It's like this massive shop. You can walk yeah. all the way through, even though they're all different themes, the different shops are different themes. They have one entrance at one end, one entrance to the other, and you can walk through every theme of merch instead of having to leave one store, go to the next one, leave one store, go to the next one. You can just walk right through. Imagine yeah. if they had a WWE-themed merch shop right in the middle of Disney, which they very easily could have had. A physical but, Hall of Fame on site. Yeah, possibly. Yeah, possibly. Uh, I, I want to go to Toy Story Land, even though it's probably just meant for kids. That's my favorite movie franchise ever. The other thing I want to say that I've, I'm learning, because I'm, I'm still learning the streaming stuff, sure. uh, because a lot of the information is hard to come by. I've learned that when they are determining what shows are successful in terms of the streamers, they go by minutes watched. Mm -hmm. So they don't go by eyeballs because they, they have a set subscriber count. They go by minutes watched. 
And so, again, it, it'd be very interesting when the time comes if, if WWE, because I'm sure they're going to go with, uh, with uh, broadcast and cable television this go around. But five years from now, let's say if they're talking to Amazon, I'll be very curious how Amazon or Disney or whoever determines how profitable they are based on the way that they gauge it. But uh, we'll see. But yeah, th things are definitely, it's definitely interesting the way the cable's dying out and, and yet they're still paying more and more and more to try to maintain the subscribers that they have. And I don't know, we'll see where things go in a decade. Sean, it's going to be interesting. Uh, guys, remember, leave a thumbs up on this video. Get your super chats. Get your humper chats in. We are heading down the home stretch. We were going to be over on FightfulSelect.com, best $5 in the business. In addition to 100 news stories a month, we've got like 40 podcasts. We're going to be doing some rec spec or maybe not so much rec spec on Blood and Guts Partners after oh, this. Oh, interesting. Interesting. Big Ben says, why is wrestling the only TV content people are hyper-focused, reactive to weekly ratings? How is that not our better measurement than Nielsen that's a poor reflection of viewing habits in 2023? Uh, I think that Nielsen is not, it shouldn't be the be-all, end-all, but wrestling is not the only TV content that people are hyper-focused or reactive to for weekly ratings. It happens in a lot of fandoms. It happens, Almost everything. Almost everything. It's just when you're not a part of that fandom, yep. you don't necessarily see it. I see it a lot with like NFL related stuff, NBA related stuff. It's not just that. But I will say this. There is a reason why more than Twitter, more than Facebook, anything, we will put the uh, YouTube breakdowns in our ratings pieces because that is a good way to see what people are going out of their way to go watch. For example... Jimmy, you had LA Knight listed on our rundown today. Yep. He was not on SmackDown last week. And what they did was they put him on before the show and released it as a digital exclusive. Mm -hmm. That did 1.2 million YouTube views. That is a huge amount. A lot on Twitter Period. too, I think. Yeah. Yes, but I mean, specifically on YouTube, mm -hmm. they are usually lucky if that does 200 or 300,000. Mm -hmm. 1.2 million. Bloodline's the only thing that did more. That shows you people are going out of their way to watch this guy. I want to add to what you said to that gentleman asking about why do people care about the ratings? So Know Your News, which is the, the platform that I have about stupid news and weird news. Last year, I was looking for a podcaster to do reality shows. And I think at the time, The Bachelorette was coming out. And so yeah. I was looking up Twitter and YouTube for anybody that has any knowledge about The Bachelorette that I might be able to grab to do to, to be a podcaster. I was stunned by the comments that I saw from people about the bachelorette. Yeah. Worse than wrestling, Sean. Oh Shit, yeah. Shitting on the numbers or praising the numbers, shitting on the character or praising the character. It was batshit crazy. And so uh, it's definitely not exclusive to wrestling. People of any kind of entertainment fan base are all in that shit. That's just how it is. Jeff says, F them kids, Sean, have a blast at toy story land. <laughs> I will go eventually. K775 says, how do you think this Becky Trish Zoe thing finishes up? She gets a partner. Does she beat Zoe on Raw? Trish at SummerSlam. Not sure this story has done Becky any favors. I guarantee you Becky volunteered to lose to Zoe because Zoe needs it. And Becky is bulletproof. Zoe has needed it. I've heard that Zoe is very well liked backstage. I'm going to have more on that on FightfulSelect.com. But Becky was working through some injuries as well and gutted it out and, and did that. I think it results in her eventually beating uh, Zoe, but she is going to beat Trish. There's no other way to end that for me. Yeah. And uh, they emulated a finish from the past. Uh, it was Trish and Melina on raw. And I can't recall who was at ringside, but you remember on raw this week when Trish distracted Becky, Becky uh, grabbed the ropes, kind of kicked Trish. Then she got rolled up. Trish yeah. and Melina did the identical finish on raw like a decade plus ago yes. and i guarantee you that they did it on raw this monday as a, as a throwback but i i agree i think becky is just a very unselfish professional and she knows yeah. she's made it and and she knows that she is she is essentially bulletproof now and she's doing it for zoe i agree everything you said trust the process 34 says seems the plan all along was cody loses at mania wins at 40 i wouldn't say all along i would say as of a, a couple months before wrestlemania Says, but what do you think WWE does if Rock suddenly says he's made ready for 40? Cody should win the title, and then the Rock should show up and say, You're not the tribal chief, you're not the head of the table. I've always been the head of the table. Then Roman beats him, 
at Mania, and The Rock puts the lay on him, acknowledges him. That's it. That's a wrap on The Rock in WWE. You have to do Rock Roman if you can. You have yeah, to. Yeah, I, th- I think what they're asking is, like, how do you do Cody and Roman? The only thing I could think of is he does both nights. There you go. They could do that. There you go. Does both nights. I think that would be a good one. And then what AJ, I would do is, sorry to, sorry to cut you off, I would have him beat okay. Rock night one. I would have him beat Rock night one. Uh, because that way point. now Roman's looking fucking unbeatable. And then he goes in and Cody beats him night two. That's the way to go. There you go. I th- I would like that. KJ says, do you have any stories you want to see AEW do with Nick Wayne? Thought him joining Mogul would be uh, interesting. That would be interesting because a lot of people are expecting him to side with Darby. And if he went the other route and it was like Nick Wayne and swerve towards like Sting and... Uh, and Darby, that'd be interesting. However, I've had this long desire to see like Swerve and Brian Cage against Sting and Darby because I want to see Brian Cage do the buckle bomb on Sting. I would love an episode. Oh, shit. Of, I would love. An, I would love an episode of Dynamite to go off the air with like even Swerve looking at Brian Cage like that was too much. Like, what did you just do? However, that Big Bill Brian Cage team is a hit right now. You got to go with well. that hot hand. You got to go with that. Has Sting taken a buckle bomb since Seth hurt him? Uh, I don't know. Okay. Don't know. Okay. But that's when you do it. He's got that big padded gimmick on now. Brent says, with that being said, does wrestling being outside the scope of what strikes are uh, help or hinder them? Oh, it helps them significantly with the threat or, you know, the threat of strikes and all that, because they're not a part of, of the writer situation. That's right. That is a major benefit for AEW and WWE. That is incredible leverage for them, Jimmy. Yeah, and as a matter of fact, I read an article this morning. I believe it was in Deadline. Uh, apparently, the streamers are going to, and I hate to use these words, but apparently the streamers are going to wait and let the writers bleed out. They're going to yeah, wait. They're, they're trying to make them lose their houses. Yes, you read that story? Yes. So apparently, that's what the streamers are going to do. They're going to wait them out until they can't afford to not be out of work. And it's, an, it's a very unfortunate situation. But uh, WWE and AEW don't have that issue. Like you said, they're in-house employees, and so it's not a problem. Guys, thank you all so much. We are back here tonight on uh, the AEW Post Show, but we are over on the list goes on right now. We're going to talk some Rex spec on uh, Blood and Guts and whatever else Jimmy wants to talk about. Yeah, quite a bit still. Yeah, until next time, guys, we're out.